This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. This episode of the podcast is supported by V.O2. Go to V.O2.com to learn more about their programming. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for 20% off the adaptive trainer. If you want to learn more about utilizing VDOT for coaching, email me, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. And by going to v.o2.com, you can learn more about a free 30-day trial. Hey, friends. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm so excited to bring you this six-part coaching series on I'll Have Another. So I have had conversations with six different coaches in the running world, and we're learning about their coaching philosophies and strategies and what their programs look like. And I'm really excited this first episode is with John Green, who is Molly Seidel's coach. You know, Molly Seidel, who won a medal at the Olympics. He has recently formed the Verde Track Club and he's out in Flagstaff and doing some really, really cool stuff. John not only coaches professional runners, he coaches everyday runners like you and me as well. Now, you may or may not remember, if you've been here for a while, John has actually been on the podcast before. I had him on the show with Molly, uh, episode 243, back in April of 2020. Uh, after she had made her Olympic team. So this will be his second time on the show. And I'm really excited to just kick off this series and highlight some coaches who are doing some really great work in the running space. All right, this coaching series is supported by VDOT. VDOT is the coaching app that I personally use for all of my athletes that I coach, and I cannot recommend it enough. Whether you're an athlete or a coach, there's something for you in VDOT. Uh, to check out their adaptive trainer. If you are an athlete and you're looking to get some better training for yourself, go to v.o2.com and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for 20% off. And if you're a coach and you want to check it out, you can get a 30-day free trial. Just visit v.o2.com to learn more. If you have any questions, email me, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, if you enjoy this podcast and this series specifically, Leave us a quick rating interview on iTunes or wherever you're listening so that potential new listeners can find us. I hope you find some really valuable information in this conversation with John, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're out on the run, running errands, doing something fun, and that you enjoy this bonus coaching series. Thank you, VDOT, for supporting the series, and enjoy my conversation with John Green. All right. Excited to have this coaching series rocking and rolling. And today on the coaching series, we have John Green on the show. Welcome to All Have Another, John. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be part of it. I'm excited too. Um, tell us about your life in Flagstaff right now. What's going on and what's new? Well, it's finally not snowing. So that's that's a plus here. Um, but no, life has been good in Flagstaff. I moved out here um, around January 1st. And so um, and then started Verde Track Club in March. And so I'm excited to uh, continue to continue to grow Verde Track Club. And so for those who don't know, Verde Track Club is um, a group of both professional and amateur runners who uh, I, uh, I coach. And so I have people who I coach remotely from around the world, um, and so that's really fun. And then I also coach um, professionals and some amateurs in town here. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun and keeps me busy. But yeah, with the new year starting up, everybody's getting ready for Boston, and uh, everybody just found out whether they got into London or not. So that's it's been really exciting and really fun to uh, kind of kick off the new year uh, quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations because last time we talked you know, you were really just like dipping your toes into the whole coaching thing. So this is really exciting to see. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you asked me a couple minutes ago whether I uh, like remember talking. I do. And it's funny, like it feels like such a long time ago and so much has changed. I, I moved from I was in Boston and then I moved down to New York City for a little bit of time and then back to Boston for a little bit and then out to Flagstaff. And so a lot of moves have happened since the last time we've talked. And yeah, excited to be in Flagstaff 
coming in over a year now, uh, so which is really exciting. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So for the listeners, you can go back and listen if you want. Uh, We had John and Molly Seidel on the show pretty soon after she made the Olympic team in the marathon. And, you know, the story then was you guys had been on a team together. And when she decided to move on from the Freedom Track Club, you had offered to write her some workouts. And it was just kind of this little like, let's see how it goes. And she then she makes an Olympic team. Then she medals at the Olympics. Uh, (laughs) Did you imagine like when you offered to write her these workouts that this is what the trajectory could and would look like? Definitely, definitely not. No. And so it's been it's been a really crazy ride, to say the least. And so especially, obviously, there's been ups, there's been downs with everything as well, like as as people have kind of seen through Molly's posts and stuff like that. So it's uh, but it's definitely been some highs for sure with uh, her winning a medal is is pretty incredible. And just being able to, like, travel and watch uh, and have other athletes join the team. And um, yeah, just just to be able to see the successes like um across the board is it's just been really really fun to get invested into everybody's training and yeah it's a lot of fun (laughs) to say the least can you tell us a little bit you know since we haven't talked since molly did make the olympic team can you tell us a little bit about your conversations with molly going into the olympics and then like what were your expectations it's not that none of us it's not that we didn't think molly would medal at the olympics but man (laughs) it was crazy it was crazy in the best way yeah, it really was. And we had a really, really solid build and um, getting there. Obviously, uh, it's easy. It's a little easier to keep track of everybody um, when you're racing on like the U.S. level, if you will. Of You can kind of see everybody's Instagram posts, people on Strava, things like that. You can kind of keep track of um, where people are at. And obviously, at the Olympics, we obviously have an idea of where people are at and stuff like that. But we don't know how their build is specifically going and stuff like that. Whereas you can kind of hear that on the like on the U.S. side of things pretty well. And so um, heading into the Olympics, it was um, it's funny now, like it, everybody probably looks at the Olympics all like, oh, Molly was pretty cool, like not nothing was really bothering her. But like, I mean, she like so for those who don't know, they less than 12 hours before they raced, they changed the race time for us. Um, mm. And so they moved it up by an hour. So I think originally gun time was at seven. It, they moved it to six. And because so, of the heat. Um, because of the heat, yep. And so we ended up going at, I mean, I was up at like 2.30 a.m. that morning, just because as everybody knows, getting up for a marathon is early and I try to be up before my athlete just in case anything comes up or anything like that, of course. And so, um, yeah. And so that was, uh, that was, it was just one of those things where we were just laughing kind of hysterically at like, oh yeah, of course at the Olympics, we've postponed it. We've postponed it. All these like things that have come up and now 12 hours before the race, they've changed the race time. Um, something that's at the end of the day, insignificant, but, uh, still funny nonetheless. And so, yeah, it was, I mean, heading into the Olympics, uh, just knowing where Molly was fitness wise and stuff like that, knowing we're just going to go up there and compete. Right. Um, obviously there's some really, really good women there. And so, um, we definitely knew that, but we also knew, um, probably that the race was going to be a little slower from the beginning and, um, people might be a little bit more cautious and stuff like that. So, uh, it was just trying to be as patient as possible leading into like, like as the race progressed and, um, position herself well and making sure she was trying to take her fluids in and as well as, being smart with like the heat as best as she could, you know? I'm super curious though, because it's like, okay, even if Molly would have placed like top 10 in the Olympics, I feel like we would have all seen that as a huge success. When you were watching the race, were you like, oh my gosh, she's doing this. Like she's not leaving this pack. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was definitely, it was really cool to see it progress. And it was, it was a very similar feeling to the trials as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously at the trials, Mm -hmm. Again, I had a little bit better understanding of where she was um, from, like her competitor's standpoint, if you will. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was just something that was really, really cool to see her stay there. Basically, same thing happened as at the trials, you know. Um, and then, obviously, when when Saul Peter uh, stepped off, right, that was something that was um, kind of secured her place in in third place and um that that's when the nervousness but also greediness kind of came back and i was like all right maybe she can get silver or um and then also like being like all right how far back is fourth now <laughs> like, yes whereas and does she know that Saul peter has stopped and because that's such a uh, when you watch film I, a lot of racers i feel like when you or race, yeah 
athletes, when you look back at film, you kind of don't know what's happening behind you a lot of the time. And so I, I had a feeling she wasn't going to, she could have pressed too hard without like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a gamble at times if how hard you're going to press. If you think fourth is like right on your tail, you know? Um, so it was, it was a really nervous, what <laughs> once that happened, it was really, really nervous, but really exciting, especially as like, as the final like 400 and 800 came to, <laughs> came to close. And that was, that was really good. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I know we're rewinding quite a bit. Like this happened a while ago, but I think that <laughs> it's one of those moments in our sport where we all celebrated with her and you for long after. I mean, it's just very rare for a medal to happen in the marathon. Um, yeah in the United States. So it like, man, so, so cool. So still, I mean, you and I haven't talked since then. So still yeah. just like big congratulations to both of you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was definitely very exciting. And like, yeah, it was kind of, it was very surreal. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things. It was, um, after everything that happened, it was with like COVID and postponing the Olympics and everything going on. Right. It was so much uncertainty at a lot of times like for everybody, right. Not just us. And so it was, it was definitely a, a high moment to say the least. <laughs> so, you know, it's such a celebration for the athlete when something like that happens, but also for the coach and the agent and Molly's agent, Stephen Haas. He's a great guy. He was on this podcast before as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. What does that relationship look like between the three of you? Yeah, it's, it's really a collaboration, right? Um, so Stephen Haas is part of Total Sports, for those who don't know. And um, so there's Chris Lane there. There's also um, Adam, who we work with a lot, um, and, and Stephen and Natalia and um, a few others as well and that I'm sure I'm forgetting here. And so, um, yeah, we, we basically, with, with Molly, we work in collaboration. So um, from a race standpoint, um, we're working with, uh, like, with working with Haas and stuff like that of figuring out kind of what are, what the options are and stuff like that. And then um, we work with other uh, people at total for like sponsorship stuff that we do as well. And so, and it's, it's finding a way to really balance things. Um, Molly uh, is <laughs> always, always down to help out and do things for her sponsors and mm -hmm. like, whether it's Puma or other ones, right? Like it's, it's a really, um, she has some awesome, awesome sponsors, uh, to say <laughs> not being sponsored myself by them. It's, it's, it's really great. So, um, yeah, it's, so working with Haas and, um, all of total sports, it's, it's really helpful just to like, if I don't know something, obviously I'm, I'm still a little new to the game when it comes to how the business side of things works, if that makes sense. And so that's kind of our goal is to make sure things are like, we want to keep running fast. That's our main goal at the end of the day. And so um, sometimes that means uh, me like trying to clear a path a little bit around like world majors sometimes where it gets really busy. Um, mm. And so, but it is, it is really exciting to uh, have that opportunity. Right. And so, but yeah, working with Haas is, is, is really cool. And, and he's obviously so well connected in, in the running industry to say the least. So. Totally. Yeah. Um, and shout out to him because he's an IU guy and I went to IU. Yes. So <laughs> extra love there. Um, yeah, you mentioned the business side of things. And when I think of a coach that's like really heavily ingrained in the business side of things, I think of Ben Rosario, you know, oh, like yes. he's just really got a, a good mind around the brands and and things like mm -hmm. that. And so what does that look like for you in the Verde Track Club? Like, how are you learning and growing in that regard? That's definitely something that, so <laughs> I come into the, the, the coaching side of things and the business side of things as I love to coach. That is like, mm. that is my passion. I, I love to see athletes succeed. I love to work with them, whether they're at the top or if they're like struggling with injury or something like that, right? That's something that I always, uh, as, as hard as it is sometimes when an athlete's dealing with injury, it's, it's, it's something that I really enjoy. Right. And so, um, that's definitely been something as people have seen, uh, who follow our Instagram page, um, has been lacking a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. and so I know we're going to talk uh, about her in a little bit, but, um, we have a new athlete who's, uh, coming on and she's been helping with the Instagram page and she's very Instagram savvy, which is great. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's been something, um, where we're trying to grow and spread the word. Um, it's, it's funny. Some, some people don't know that I, I coach amateurs at all levels. I coach people from trying to run their first 5k all the way up to meddling at the Olympics. Right. And so it's something that I'm really passionate about. And, um, we're starting to bring on more coaches to Verde Track Club as well to really, um, 
I obviously believe uh, my my coaching philosophy, right? And so bringing on, I, I bring on coaches that are um, agree with that and kind of can can build like build the brand or not build a brand, but build build what Verde Track Club is, which is kind of a collective runners who kind of really listens to their body. And um, we take the long approach to things and making sure people are healthy and happy and just like enjoying running because uh, I've come across a few runners who just aren't having fun doing what they're doing. And it's like, all right, like step back. Why, why are we doing this? Right. I love that full, full approach there. And, uh, you know, Molly's been really open about some of her struggles she's had. And I think that unless you have a coach that can really embrace every piece of you, even those pieces that are really hard and, um, set you back sometimes a little bit, it won't work. So I'm sure she's super grateful for that. And I think it's a really good picture. You know, it's a really good, it's a really good way for other people to look and see, okay, like you win a medal at the Olympics, but that doesn't mean you're going to constantly be on this, like climb, 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 climb. Like there's times Mm -hmm. where you have to like, sit in whatever you're sitting in right yeah and and it's funny so uh it's definitely come full circle where um my my one of my old coaches pat henner um who's um who's still coaching at the at uh, university of georgia right now and so um he he had multiple conversations with me about like it's not a linear like progression at all it really isn't it's there's plateaus there's dips right um especially as you get into distance running right it's something where like there's bad races out there right and i think the biggest thing around that is like how how do we learn from this and how do we move forward from it right um and so that's that's the biggest thing of like um, whether it's looking through splits and talking about like uh, oh how mentally how did it go right and so and there's all types of runners out there right but uh, like I think I, I know I dealt with this myself is right it's it's really difficult during a race to keep going right where mm-hmm. you kind of have those negative thoughts in your head right and so okay how do we like okay those those came up where they haven't come up before maybe right okay how do we now prepare for those in the future right okay how do we mentally prepare a positive talk to ourselves during it right um and we have practice races to do that right um not every race has to be do or die right and so i think that's something that's easy to to look at and uh speculate sometimes is being like oh this person had a bad uh half leading into their marathon and it was, it was funny i was actually talking to ryan hall about this a couple of days ago which was um we feel I, we i noticed this in college a lot and he he was talking about his experiences as well as like if you have a bad half leading into a, in a marathon build, it's usually like a good omen, <laughs> which it. is, um, it, it's kind of funny. And, but also there's different types where some people have really killer halves and like also crush their marathon. So it's a really dependent thing, but yeah, it's also like one race doesn't define a build or it doesn't define a year or anything like that. Right. It's, um, it, it's always in fluctuation. I feel like. The half is so weird to me. And I, and I say this as an amateur runner and, you know, obviously most of our listeners are amateur runners. I feel like if I run a half leading up to my marathon, the pace is just like so close to what my goal marathon pace is, even though I'm working so hard. And it's like, how am I going to execute this when the marathon comes around? How does that work? Tell us. (laughs) It's just, yeah. I mean, in the middle of a marathon build, right? So going into the marathon, how I work things, right, is I generally, um, for the marathon, will taper pretty heavily, right? We'll, we'll taper, and it depends on the athlete, right? Some people like, nope, just send me in, like, little to no taper, right? And other people are like, no, I need to taper a lot and stuff like that. But for the half, we're not necessarily tapering a lot um, for my athletes, right? And so it's a little taper, but it's not like we're still doing solid workouts, stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm less concerned about the week's training before the race, um, to like, we're not doing like layup workouts or anything like that. Right. We're still working pretty hard. And so we have a lot of fatigue going into the race, right. In your legs. And so that's been something that like, it's, it's also like for an athlete who's in their first build, right. Um, who's somebody who's only raced half, right. Mm-hmm. Like they might be like, Oh, like I'm so far off or like that felt horrible and stuff like that. But it's like, okay, it's almost, it's also like, like giving them the, like the pre before the race being like, okay, things might not feel perfect and that's okay. We want to work on effort, right? That's something I really work on with athletes, especially whether it's in their half, right? Is building effort. Um, same thing, like once you hit mile 20 in the, uh, in the marathon, right? Or depending on where the athlete is, right? 18, 22, 23, somewhere around there, right? Is it's uh, pace is kind of getting thrown out the window a little bit. You can kind of 
continually increase the effort, but you might not see the increase of pace that you're, uh, that the effort should be describing, right? If that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it, there's a lot behind it, but yeah, it's okay to feel not great in your first half and then be like, oh no, <laughs> you know, that's where talking to a coach, that's why I always say like, talk to your coach about it and like ask why. And then it, hopefully they'll be able to explain why, like you're feeling what you're feeling. Okay. This is kind of a two-part question regarding the taper. Yeah. So you mentioned some people like don't really want much of a taper. Some people want a yes. taper. I'm curious how you operate in regards to, okay, say like an everyday runner who's running like a 3.30 marathon, something like that, versus someone who is running, you know, in the majors as a pro. Um, and does that change? Like, do you do a three-week taper sometimes, a two-week taper sometimes, a 10-day? Does it matter if they're pro or not pro? How do you evaluate those things? Yeah, so it depends on mileage a lot for for somebody, right? So Molly's up in the 120, 130s for miles per week, right? Um, if we just did a 10-day taper, we wouldn't be able to taper as much as we're looking for. So we're looking to taper. Um, it, it depends on the person, right? Anywhere from like some people are as low as 10% all the way up to kind of in the like in the 20s, even I'm trying to think of everybody in the 30s, somewhere in the 25s probably. And so with that is like as as the mileage is greater, right? So if somebody's at 30 miles a week, right, heading into a marathon, right, we can't taper as much, right? We can't go into a marathon week with only 10 miles run before, right? Mm -hmm. Or something like that, or or um, or 20 or something like that. So we, we do a shorter taper. Um, but what might be tapered is the intensity. So we can play with, you can play with volume is really easy to play with as well as intensity. And so, um, but making sure we're, we're not kind of setting the, like, you don't want to mess with too much at once because then the body can get thrown off. And so intensity can kind of be backed off a little bit with, um, kind of the balancing of workouts. I don't know if I'm describing that well or not. I mean, yeah. I, I think it sounds like it's just so individualized and also yeah. like a little bit of trial and error. It, you know, yes. if you find a marathon where you're like, okay, I did a two week taper and it, this person, like, Maybe it was too much. Maybe it was too little, which people don't necessarily want to hear that because it's like training for a marathon is such a big commitment and you want to get mm -hmm. it right. You don't want to have to yes. tinker with it and play with it. Yeah. And that's, to be honest with you, that's why I like switching coaches a lot can be really mm. like, um, I haven't run into this at all, to be honest with you. But um, if there's athletes out there who are like, oh, that marathon didn't feel perfect or something like that, I'm going to switch coaches, right? Every time you, like anytime you go through a build and that's something I talk with my athletes all the time about is anytime you go through a build cycle, like we're, I'm learning a ton and you're learning a ton, hopefully, mm -hmm. right? And so, and once we get past our first one, okay, how, like, okay, we're doing a debrief. We're talking about it. How did this work? What went well? What didn't go well, Right. Um, and how can we improve? Right. And so I'll sometimes suggest answers be like, okay, how did you like, how did you feel overall? Like throughout the build, right. Were you like with the work? Cause right. There's, there's you have to build like balance around life as well. Right. And work and all that. Right. And so it's so like, okay, how did, how did the mileage feel? Right. Was it something where like with your work life balance, it worked out perfectly and you had enough time, you had some free time. Right. Or was it something where you're like, I had time for work. I had time for life and I had time for sleep and that's it. Right. Um, and if that's the case, okay, we're definitely not building up mileage. Right. Um, that's not something to maybe we're creating a little bit more intensity in workouts, or maybe we're just staying, we're just kind of replicating the previous build as well. Right. And so that's kind of the big thing there is um, just, it's, it's super individualized and it's all about like here getting feedback and stuff like that. Right. Um, also, right. I'm, I'm not going to ask him like pre taper. Right. But being like, Hey, like, or like during the taper, I should say, but being like, how are you feeling? Right. Because everybody doing the taper is like, I feel terrible. <laughs> right. And then the races go off and you're like, actually, I felt great. And that was awesome. Right. And so that's, that's the big thing there is right. Talking after and being like, I've had some people be like, yeah, it was a little sharp for me. Right. Of like a drop like we extended a little bit. Perfect. Okay. That's in my notes. And and next time we're going to do that. Right. And so that's, that's the big thing there and making sure like, I, I always, I'm always listening to the athletes and hearing kind of what they're saying, because especially the athletes that I'm not working with on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Like I need to listen to them because they're, they're there, they're feeling what they're feeling for any athlete, right? They know their body so much better than I ever will. Right. And so um, to not listen to that would be kind of ignorant in my opinion. It's hard. I, I'm curious your thoughts on that because sometimes, you know, we all, all say listen to your body, listen to your body. 
And like, what's the difference of like, oh, I'm just really tired and burnt out. And like, I think I need a rest day versus like, no, I really need a rest day. You know what I mean? Like, when do we push through and like keep going versus when we're like, okay, like this is too much. Because when you want to break barriers, you got to run tired. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a difference between running, running fatigued, right. And being just generally tired and being like, I feel like I'm going into a hole. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same. It's that same sixth sense that people get when, when they're like, okay, what's, what's pain and fatigue versus an injury, right? Like there's such a fine line there. Right. And if you guess it wrong, you're in deep trouble, right? You're, you're injured. Right. And so versus like, what's the difference between like, oh, I'm just really sore and I get out of bed and walking like a a 90 year old man. (laughs) And what is it like? Oh, this is like Achilles tendonitis, right. And an issue. Right. And so that's, that's the big thing. And so going back to fatigue, right. Is you should always feel a little fatigued in a build, right. It's not (laughs) builds are like you talked about earlier, right? They're hard. And once you get to the marathon, you're like, I just want to do it. I want to do it right. Right. Um, and so I want everything to go well. And there's so much time, so much, everything's invested in it. Right. And so it's, it's been the last, whether it's eight, 10, 12, 16 weeks, whatever it is, right. Of training leading into it. Right. Or it could be even years, right. Of people building into the marathon that, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of second guess and see how things are feeling. Right. And so, um, a lot of athletes, I think, kind of understand being like, or it's about asking the right questions as well, of being like, how is the fatigue compared to two weeks ago, right? If if you're way more fatigued now, right? Or a big thing is like motivation, like pretty much everybody's motivated to go out and run if they're training for a marathon, right? And so with that, and there's days that obviously you're not, but if those days are kind of leading and getting more and more like consecutive of like, yeah, I really don't want to go out for a run today. That tells me there's a lot of fatigue there and we might've overtrained, right? And so, okay, how do we pull that back, right? And so um, we can, it, it's about being smart and pulling it back too, because going to zero mileage is like, kind of not the right answer to be honest with you unless there's like significant issues of course right but um it's it's how do we dial it back and also kind of keep moving forward if that makes sense yeah the heartbreaking thing about the marathon is like you know if you do have a bad race you know what they always say and I always say this like your your season is not for naught right like you still got that awesome training in the race didn't go well. Like that season will still carry over to the next season. But I think for a lot of people, maybe particularly amateurs, it's like, but I don't want to work that hard again. Or like, I don't want to go through all of that all over again. I did it. I did the work. Mm -hmm. And now, um, so what do you say to an athlete when they're having that experience? Like, I know the season mattered, but like I got to go to all those places all over again to try to get that result again. Yeah, that's just one like really hard part about marathon running, right? Is and and maybe like if you're going to so it comes down to if somebody's going to do another marathon, right? Yeah. Um, and if they're going to do another marathon, right? Maybe so there's some people who like to do one race like one mar- half but leading into the marathon cycle and there's people who are like I like to race a ton. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's maybe it's, it's taking that person who only did the one race. Right. And maybe that's part of why they didn't feel like it went well. Right. Is they went to the race and everything was on this one race versus if you have a few different races leading into the race, then it's like, okay, like this is just, yeah, this is the major race, right. This is the thing we're really focused on. Right. But I also raced four times in this build or something like that. Right. And I wouldn't suggest doing four half marathons before <laughs> a marathon, right? But maybe you're doing some 5K, 10K stuff, right? Um, somewhere between a half, maybe like a 25K or something like that, right? And just like having fun with the different distances, right? Um, as you, <laughs> I feel like there's a race for every like 5K increment, right? And so it's something like try try new distances and have fun during it. And maybe that will create a, a more enjoyable build. And possibly if there's pressure that was possibly leaning on why the race wasn't perfect, right? that might be a good way to kind of help mitigate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that old rule of thumb too. like put yourself in race experiences so that on race day, you're not just like totally freaking out. Yeah, exactly. And going through like the motions, right? Like, waking up like i said right we were up at two i was up at 2 30 in the morning right and i wasn't racing luckily right <laughs> um but molly was and so that's a big thing there right it's like 
do I suggest waking up at two thirty every morning? But no, but like, okay, how, like, what is it going to look like? Right. Um, world majors are something where it's like, you're standing for a really long time compared to like local marathons, right? Local marathons. It's more of like, Hey, you just show up and you kind of go for your marathon and it's, it's fun. Right. But there's not as much fanfare and excitement around it. Right. And so that's a big, uh, balance I've been talking with my athletes, right. It's like, yeah, world majors are really fun and we'll definitely do them. But like, this is like, what do you think about doing like a world major? And if we're doing two a year, right? What if we do a world major and like a smaller one, right? Because um, there's so many small, really fun ones. And by small, they're not really like small by any means. Right. right? But like monumental. Just a little bit more, like, I, like I always think exactly. about monumental in Indy. It's like you can get there like literally 30 minutes before the race and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And so that's something that's really exciting is um, for running fast times, like, there's races like Berlin and Chicago, right? Those are really fast courses. And you can run really fast on them, but is it the perfect ideal situation, right? And so, but I always say like, people should do majors. They're really like, yeah, they're a really, really cool experience. Like, and not just showing up like the day before, but kind of being there a couple of days yeah. before and seeing like the excitement, the expo and stuff like that. And do it going the expo early. So then you're not, <laughs> you know, tired from standing on your feet all day. Right. But it's, it's a really cool experience. Right. And just like with, with everybody who's showing up, right. Um, who are race professional athletes that are racing and non-professional athletes that are race, like, it's just a really, really, really cool experience. And so, yeah. Uh, so I forget the question at the beginning, but I hopefully I answered it. <laughs> no, I agree. But, and I will say like, I'm, I, I think that Chicago gets like, I don't know. I feel like it's not as glamorized as the other ones. And I'm like, go run Chicago because if you want to talk about easier logistics, I mean, you're start and finish in the same area. You don't have to be on a bus for an hour. Like go run Chicago people. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that's, that's definitely something that New York and Boston have is, is long travel. Oh and my so, gosh. yeah. And that's the thing is like trying to do like as many as you can. Right. And some of them are really hard to get into. Right. And that like, that can also kind of going back to our first question around like, okay, like pressure around races. Right. Like if you get your first, like Boston qualifier, right. Like there's so much on that. Right. Same thing like with athletes, uh, like, a little bit like faster, right? Is people who get their first uh, Olympic trials qualifier. There's so much pressure around like, I have to perform, right? And it's like, yeah, you should. You should definitely try to perform to the best of your ability, but also realize like, it's a really fun experience and like super exciting to like be part of something so historical, right? Whether it's the trials or Boston or Chicago or London, whatever it is, right? It's taking it in um, and kind of, I always talk about to people about it's, a lot of, I feel like issues can come from like inward focus. Right. And so looking outwards, right. Like what's going on around you. Right. Or making friends during the race. Right. Like, and being like, Hey, what are you trying to run? Like, Oh, three hours. Perfect. I'm trying to run three hours or I'm trying to run four and a half hours. Right. Like, cool. Like let's work, let's try to work together. Right. And you could make a really good friend doing that. And they're going to thank you at the end probably, you know? And so, yeah, I think that's something that like can be missed on sometimes is like working together. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't run in races nearly as much as I used to, but I actually made a really good friend. Oh, it's when my young, my oldest was one. So it was like 10 years ago. Um, and we had, she was in a race with me and, um, we had never met before and we were teetering back and forth. Like I would pass her, she would pass me, I would pass her, she would pass me. Um, and then after the race we started and we encouraged each other during the race. And then after the race, we started talking and, we're still friends. I mean, awesome. you know, we don't live in the same state anymore, but when we did, we would run together all the time. We would go do yeah. races together. And I mean, it's really just because a, we chose to support each other in mm -hmm. the race and then B we talked afterwards and exactly. we exchanged right. phone numbers and you know, it's like, it's like a, that's one really, really cool thing about the running community. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's running clubs. And so obviously, like, we're like, I'm more remote coaching people. But like, there's also like, if people come to town, I try to meet up with them, right? I, I actually had two athletes move to Flagstaff, uh, who were able to work remotely, which is awesome, right? And so like, wow. it's, it's something where like, wherever you are, there's going to be people who are meeting up, right? Um, I have a few athletes who are doing kind of the chase the throne, um, put on by trials of miles, right? And I seen it seemed like what they did previously was it was just like yeah you go out and do like do the race just time trial it and whatnot 
but um, what they're doing now is they're doing meetups, which is really cool. And so it's like unofficial, official race on Strava. And like, yeah, it's just really cool. It's a really good way to meet people. And, you know, um, maybe you don't make it past the first round or maybe you win the whole damn thing. Right. Like who knows? Right. It's, it's, it's just a really good way to meet people. And I, that's something that I always encourage is like trying to meet up with people, right. Um, in whatever town city, like ask, ask people like, who are also runners if you know them like maybe they're in a different city like i feel like everybody knows everybody in like the major cities and they can find a way right like i used to live in boston i know i know the places to meet up to meet people and stuff like that and that's the way to that's the way to do it and it makes training a lot more fun (laughs) all right now this series i've got a new sponsor that i'm really excited about because i've been using their programs for years I'm a running coach myself and have been using VDOT for years. So VDOT 02 is a coaching app for runners of all levels based on the science of legendary exercise scientist and coach, Dr. Jack Daniels. VDOT offers access to the highest quality Olympic style training for runners of all levels, right from any mobile device. It's designed to help runners train correctly and more intelligently. Vida elicits maximum benefit while reducing the required effort. Dr. Jack Daniels spent his life researching how runners get faster, and one of his major findings was that running more or faster in your workouts doesn't always mean better results. Vida workouts promote healthy, responsible, and beneficial sessions while simultaneously preventing overtraining. Did you hear that? I don't want to overtrain, do you? So listen, I've got a couple discounts for you all, depending on what you might be interested in with VDOT. So if you're an athlete and you don't have a coach and you want to check out VDOT, they have a great adaptive trainer. It is so simple. You input your training preferences and the app will personalize your workouts and coach you leading up to your future races. And unlike most running apps, VDOT knows you. It understands the type of runner you are what you're training for, and how to maximize your efforts. It also gives you more control over your training, leveraging your feedback to deliver real-time data, which fine-tunes your training and leads to continuous progression. All right, so you can check out VDOT. If you are an athlete and you want to check it out, download VDOT02 on your smartphone or visit VDOT02.com. Select Adaptive Trainer and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for 20% off. Okay, now listen, if you're a coach like me or you're someone whose friends are always coming to you for advice about running, you can learn how to utilize the platform for your runners. This is what I use. I've been using it for probably four years now and, you know, I've been coaching runners for nine, maybe 10 years and it is so much simpler with a VDOT. It has taken my workload down and I really enjoy scheduling workouts in VDOT and then athletes can leave comments on their workouts straight from the app. I can look at it on my phone. It is such a time saver for any coach. Uh, You can try this out for a 30-day free trial. Visit vdot02.com to learn more. And if you are a listener and you're a coach and you'd like a free coaching consultation, with the team at V.02 to discuss your coaching situation and how you can leverage the app to help your athletes perform, email me. I will talk you through it. Uh, Lindsay at SandyBoyProductions.com. All right, friends, go check out V.02. And hey, thank them for this awesome series because because of sponsors like V.02, I'm able to put out these bonus series that I'm so excited about. I highly encourage you to check them out if you aren't already using their app. So you mentioned your athletes being happy and having a more holistic approach to everything. Mm -hmm. I'm curious though, like how do you do that for yourself as a coach, especially living somewhere like Flagstaff where like running is the culture there? Like how do you separate things and have a life outside of that at all? Still something I'm working on, right? Um, I'm still working on finding (laughs) hobbies myself. Um, I, so I, so 
for those who don't know, a little bit of my background is I ran um, collegiately at Georgetown um, and then ran professionally for Saucony at Freedom Track Club based in Boston. Um, after that, I I stopped running. And so I've, I've kind of been coming back into it. So my girlfriend uh, is a professional runner based in San Diego. And so she's uh, I, I try to get out for runs with her sometimes, but I'm very unfit right now. And so uh, <laughs> I usually get dropped. So I, I've been trying to just go out for my runs on my own, like on my own accord, just kind of like listen to it like a 30 minute podcast, just trying to get out there and enjoy it. Um, not getting sucked out onto like long runs. I did do that once when I, or it wasn't a long run for them, but it was a long run for me. <laughs> and so, yeah, that it's been trying to find balance with things as well and kind of carving time. Um, Verde is something that's, uh, that I started in March, like I said, and for anybody who started kind of a small business, they know how uh, encompassing it is. And so that's been something where um, always trying to keep up with things, always trying to move forward, right? Um, we are uh, releasing merch officially, so uh, which is nice. So that will, um, the website is live. I haven't announced it yet. So <laughs> we'll, hopefully that'll come up here's soon. Here's your announcement. Yeah, here's the announcement, right? <laughs> um, and so hopefully we'll post it in Instagram in the next couple of days and stuff like that. But um yeah, it's it's been it's sometimes hard to do that, but it is nice to just like step away, relax. You know, Molly um, sometimes does uh, like ski mountaineering, I think, or skimo, and so she's an ex racer, and so she's like a very <laughs> I trust her to ski, <laughs> um, and so and I'm actually an ex ski racer as well, and so um, doing that a little bit now that it's snowy here and stuff like that. So just trying to find different ways Fun. to kind of get my mind clear, if that makes sense. <laughs> Totally. Um, I actually saw that your merch, um, when I was like prepping for oh. the interview and I was on your website. So yeah, I'm get myself a sweatshirt. Perfect. Yeah. We've had one sale thus far. I haven't announced that somebody else just stumbled upon it and they're like, Oh, I'll buy one. Okay. So, we'll market us too. Yeah, exactly. Go everybody go to the Verde track club website and, yes. and get yourself a hat that you, you have like snow caps, hats, yes. uh, sweatshirts. We have iPhone cases. Yeah. So we have we have plenty for, for people to check out and stuff like that and represent Verde Track Club, even if you're not part of it. And if you are, if you're interested in being part of it, there's also a way to kind of look at the different training plans that we offer and stuff like that. My email is at the bottom of the page, john at verdetrackclub.com. Send me an email. I'm happy to kind of answer any questions you might have, right? You don't have to sign up blindly, right? Um, I'll happily answer any questions you might have. And yeah, really, like I, I always say, we so we have I talk to all new athletes about this and, and, and the older ones as well, the professionals as well is like having two number one rules. And that's, uh, we like mm -hmm. to have fun, right? Cause if you're not having fun, training's not enjoyable. Right. And then the second number rules, you're not going to be consistent. Right. And so if you're, if you're keeping consistency and number uh, and having fun, like number one priorities, like you're going to, you're going to have really a good time. Right. And you're going to have good performances. Right. And so that's, that's the big thing. And so, yeah, I'm always, that's, if anybody wants to know, like, like the one liner of how training goes with us is like prioritizing those two things. Right. And if we're not, then like, yeah, it's, it's something, something's up and we, we got to get back on track. Have fun. Stay consistent. Yes. Now right, you got to add that to a shirt too, then I do. I know I got to put it, <laughs> I got to get another logo. Or, yeah. I got to type that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I got like 12 post-it notes on my desk right now. So we'll add that to the list. Always. <laughs> um, so you mentioned running at Georgetown and, and you were really good, you know, and you went and you ran for the, the freedom track club for a little bit. I know you struggled with your own injuries and whatnot. Like, how do you, how does that sit with you now? Like, are you good with that chapter being done? Yeah, it's funny. It like sometimes like, so yesterday I was, um, I was out, uh, driving, running, uh, fluids for everybody on the long run. We had, a huge crew. And so that was really fun. Um, but I had like 12 water bottles that I was putting out uh, on my, <laughs> my car for people to grab. Right. And so it's, it's something where like, I miss that at times. Right. I miss not being able to do the runs and stuff like that. Right. Um, I've, <laughs> as Molly can attest and all my athletes can attest, I joke about coming back and doing races. I've challenged, uh, Jacob Thompson, who's a professional runner for Under Armour Dark Sky, to a, a 1200, um, though he was going to be in RB combat boots and I was going to be in track spikes um, nice. <laughs> to make it fair since he's still a professional. We, me and him raced, we actually roomed at Foot Locker back in uh, 2011. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's definitely something that like I get glimpses of wanting to do it, but it's also, um, I'm definitely very okay with where I'm at right now and um, 
I use running more as a social avenue than I do as like a, I'm going to come back and race. Maybe at some point I will, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely okay not training. I have too much on my plate as it is. I can't add a marathon build or something like that. I know what it takes now. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, you're still relatively young, you yes. know, compared to a lot of the coaches out there. And when you look at these you know, historic, like legendary coaches, like what do you pull from them? Like, do you ever envision like, who am I going to be in 20, 30 years? How yeah. do you, how does that sit with you? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's, I always want to be learning. Right. And so that's something I have such great mentors in town here. Right. Um, whether it's people who are coming to town. Right. And so, um, somebody like Mike Smith, um, who was the director of track and field women's head women's coach at Georgetown when I was there. And then obviously is at NAU um, and multi-time national champion now. Right. And so um, friends with him and like always, he, he has his door open and always, he always has uh, an answer for things that I might be ha like questions I might be having or um, somebody like Terrence Mahone, um, who is a uh, coach in San Diego. And so he's, um, he's a great, great guy and just like an awesome resource as well. Right. And so, and always, that's the thing. One thing that's really cool about uh, track and field is everybody's super open about talking about, Hey, like this is some training, like I'm thinking about and stuff like that. And um, whether like double threshold, which is something I feel like Molly has kind of gotten known for. Right. And we've been doing, obviously uh, I don't think Mike invented it, right? But I got it from Mike Smith, right? That was kind of the idea behind it uh, or where I had first heard about Tell it. Tell us what it is. So double threshold is kind of going out for um, uh, a, threshold, a threshold session in the morning and uh, a threshold session in the evening or kind of, it can be, Ooh. yeah, it can be <laughs> modified a little bit. Um, the big reason why uh, I found to do it is, right, um, somebody like <laughs> Molly, who's maybe doing like 13 to 14 miles worth of threshold work, I mean, that's really hard to do, um, to say the least, in one session, right? Um, damn near impossible, to say the least. And so yeah. um, we break it up, and so it makes it mentally easier, and we're able to add a little bit more volume on the day, essentially, um, is kind of the big thing. And so, yeah, that's something we're, like, learning from coaches and um, also, like, being critical of coaches of, like, okay, like, they said this why like why right and so me doing my own research and stuff like that and so there's been things that I've heard and been like yeah like I just don't agree with that necessarily right and and that's what makes every coach unique and different right is everybody has had those conversations in their own head or um, talked with peers and being like yeah this is this is what I've heard what do you think about it right and so how do you think that affects the body right um, how uh, like something super high intensity is going to affect an 800 meter runner way different than it's going to affect a marathon Right. And so you can't just blindly apply training to people. Right. Cause that's, you have to look at who the person is. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's been something that's really cool. And yeah, obviously growing up and going to Georgetown and having Brandon Bonzi and Pat Enner as my coaches there is was something that was really cool. And um, also learning from like Julie Cully, who was the director after Mike. Mm -hmm. And so who was obviously, who's at Brooks now and stuff like that, but she was an Olympian in her own right. And so it's just been something where I, I feel like I've been really lucky in looking at, um, and being around all these different coaches of just like so much, so much experience. And it's been really awesome to see them be so open and about stuff, to be honest with you. That's so cool. Well, you have your master's in sports industry management. I do. Right. <laughs> so did you, I mean, because at, at that point when you got your master's, you were running for you was still your big focus, I'm assuming. So did you always know even if I'm not running professionally, like I want to be doing something with this sport. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely something that's, it was interesting to me, I guess it was, um, I had, so I, I came back from my fifth year and I was looking for a master's program to do instead of just continuing my undergrad program. And, um, yeah, it was something where kind of looking like, okay, at that point, um, I placed well at NCAAs. And so I was like, all right, like a contract is definitely a possibility at this point. And so that might be, that's, that's definitely my number one option, but I also want to set myself up kind of long-term and down the road. And so whether it was, um, in, in something in sports, whether it was working for like a shoe brand or something like that, or, um, getting into coaching collegiately, right that was something that was definitely interesting to me. Um, 
yeah, and so it's something with running I knew I, I kind of wanted to do, but I didn't know at what level, right? Um, whether it was I've <laughs> since now or since we've talked, probably it's I put on that I put on a race, and so I because I can add like race organizer. <laughs> oh my <laughs> one, gosh, so much time. work! Yeah, and so that was like, but that was something that was really interesting to me, and like, yeah, it's the professional running world and the running world in general is a very small like small world in general, and so it's it's always fun to be running into different people and you just build such a great network of people who like um, I'm not planning on it anytime soon, but if I ever step away from the coaching world, I, I feel like there's um, a place I could find that would definitely kind of help me stay in the running world and really enjoy like helping others still. It's so true. So many people run, but the actual running community of people that are like, following the pros and paying attention to like these podcasts and things like that. It's not that many people. Like it's a pretty tight knit group. Yeah, it really is. And again, that's something that's really cool. And so that's one thing I'm looking to build with Verde is the size, right? Because one, I can only coach so many people, right? Um, I want to make sure I'm giving everybody the attention they need in order to succeed, right? Um, I'm never going to overload myself to the point where I can't, I can't do that for people because that's, that's just doing them a disservice for their own training. That's, that's not fair to them. Right. But that's something I envision with bringing on more coaches is right. Is like, I want to make sure that like when we go to majors, right. Or CIM or wherever, right. Like, Hey, listen, there's, there's 15 of you guys there. Like let's meet up. I'll fly out or one of your guys' coaches flies out and we'll meet up. We'll meet up for some runs and stuff like that. Grab dinner and stuff like that. And it's just a really fun, enjoyable environment. Right. And it can hopefully relax some of the nerves around the marathon. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think that's something that some people who are a little bit more disconnected or don't follow the running world as tightly. Right. Is it is something that is like, there's a huge community there. It's always mm-hmm. funny. Like whenever I show up to world major, um, it's everybody's there. Like there's race track. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at Boston, the race director from Berlin is probably there, right? Like yeah. the Tokyo race, track, like everybody is at that because it's, it's a huge networking event for um, trying to put on the races for the rest of the year. Right. And even race directors from all over the world. Yeah. Like I said, are there and agents and stuff like that. And so it's, it's a really fun environment, right. Of like coaches and stuff like that to really like sit down and talk and like, put uh names to faces and stuff like that which is is something i i'm really looking forward to hopefully over this next year to to be doing more of you know what though as we were talking about it i'm like we were talking about how like small and tight-knit the community actually is but i'm like man i wish that we could get more of those everyday runners out there like Mm -hmm. i'm just saying like the people i see in my neighborhood like if if i asked you know five random people running in my neighborhood who Shalane Flanagan is or Molly Seidel or Alephine. It's like, I feel like they would have no idea who these people are, yet they're out running like four or five days a week. And I'm like, how do we get those people invested? Because that would be fun. And it's like they're doing the same sport. You know, like someone who plays basketball four days a week knows who LeBron James is and knows (laughs) who, you know. So I would love to be able to spread that fan base even more. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something I've like thought about and have yet to find a like solution to. Right. Um, Cause it, yeah, it is, it's so like, yeah, there's so many runners. I'd be like the count of people who actually like who run more than once, once every two weeks. Right. Is, is astronomical yeah. I'm sure. Right. And so um, yeah. And seeing like being able to see what other people do. Right. And that's something of just like boosting track and field running in general right of being like what like showing what people are doing is really cool and i think that was something that the like breaking two project um kind of tapped into was like oh this Mm -hmm. is something that is is huge right obviously it's a massive uh milestone right and um yeah i think there there should be other uh big milestones as well right whether it's uh male or female right there's equal equally big milestones that should be broken and and just really like talked about and like i think a lot of people know who elliot kachoge is now and um totally i think i think broadening that to around the world of like who who everybody is of like who's at the top of the sport because it's 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 wild what they're doing the space uh, the the times and stuff like that that they're running right now is is insane and it's like it should be talked about (laughs) it's cool Totally. Yeah. The Kipchoge thing. It's like, that's one of those things where I have like 10 people I haven't talked to in years, like 
that aren't really runners messaging me on Facebook about it because yeah. they know I podcast about <laughs> running. Like everybody knows about that. Yeah. Um, so that's a really, really great point. You know, having really good media that highlights those kinds of, of things. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise it's someone like Molly winning a medal at the Olympics. Like those are the things that people that aren't in the running community see happen or when yeah. Des won Boston. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's something that it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely something that could be like, as we kind of work, like, I'm, I'm good friends with the people at Sidious, right? And I think they've been oh, doing yeah. a good job to kind of like, refresh kind of what sometimes what uh, news uh, around track and field is and stuff like that. And, and trying to think of new ways to like, um, get people involved, which is really cool. And, um, and just people like just to give it a glance, right, and see like, or just try to put in perspective of like, I think one of the coolest things is, um, I don't, I've never actually seen it, but the treadmill that runs at like marathon pace, essentially, like for the elites, that's really cool, where it's like, oh, yeah, so you got to go run this pace for 26 miles. And they're like, oh, wow, okay, I get it now. Right. And so like, totally, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. (laughs) And I agree with you about Sidious Mag. It's, it's been really cool to see like from the birth of it yes, yeah. to what they've done now. Cause I remember when they started and it was, you know, it just took a little Very bit small. and then they, once they yeah. took off, <laughs> they took off. And I mean, thank God for that because before them, we didn't really have a media yeah. in that capacity mm-hmm. in the running space. Yeah. Um, you're seeing it more like um, the guys and gals that believe in the run, like they have a really cool thing going too. Yeah. Uh, but the way that Sidious Mag covers it and when Chris decided to go all in, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really changed the landscape. And I do think it caters to like people in inside baseball, like people that <laughs> know about running. Yeah. But there's a way for them to extend out even further, similar to like fast women, you know, like yes. you're yep. not going to read fast women if you're not really into we're that subset of group that we're talking about already. Like people like me, like I'm yeah. really into being a fan of the sport. Um, but I do think that there's ways for people like Sidious and fast women to their, the arms to like spread out even further. And what they're doing is the first step. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, I hope to see five, 10, 20 years down the road that more and more people are, I think there's been kind of the, the push to cycling a lot uh, from what mm. seems like from golf to cycling now. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe running is along, along the path. Maybe the running is the next step potentially, you know, and I think it's, I, I yeah, we, it's, it's kind of a cliche at this point, right. That anybody can go out and do it. Right. Cause you only need a pair of shoes and stuff like that. But I think it is something that's, it's just really cool. Like, and there's just a great community that is, is very passionate about running. Right. But there's also people who are like, yeah, I'm not like super passionate, but like, I like to run and then just like have a beer and hang out and stuff like that. And like talk about non-running things. Right. And so that's something that's um, really exciting. Like that's, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at now is like, I like to go for my little run and then like hang out and talk about something else. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. like it is something that like, but I'm also down to talk about track and field whenever and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think that's as if, Anybody who's on, like, may, hopefully there's a few people out there who are listening to this and feeling like, yeah, like, I kind of want to get more interested. Maybe they stumbled onto this, right? Being like, yeah, go out to, like, like search. Yeah, email me. Email me. You can find me. <laughs> email me, and I'll try to help find you a group that, like, you can go for a run with or people who are just interested in, like, just bring people on and, like, in, like teaching people about the sport and to whatever degree they want to get invested. Totally. Um, well, let's, uh, let's, I know we didn't really get to talk about Jessa much at all, but, uh, maybe before we wrap up with Inda podcast, can you just tell us a little bit about recruiting her for the team and, and what, you know, what she's all about? Yeah. So, uh, Jessa Hansen, she's, um, a runner. She ran for NAU. And so she ran under Mike Smith, um, while she was there. Um, she just graduated this past spring. And so we just brought her on, um, kind of in the summer, fall, um, time. And so she's, currently unsponsored we're working on sponsorship hopefully we'll be able to announce that next couple weeks for her which is exciting um and um yeah she's been awesome she raced the ba half 
Um, that was her first half marathon she's doing, or she's she's done. Um, she's going to be lining up for the U.S. Cross Country Championships um, held in Richmond, Virginia, which is really exciting. So anybody who's in Richmond who wants to come out and see it, it's races on the 21st in Richmond, Virginia. Um, it's in a park there. You can go onto the USATF website. They have it. But um, there's some really awesome athletes lining up there. And top six are going to go to World Championships for cross country. It's been postponed a couple of years, but it's in uh, Australia. And so everybody's looking to punch their ticket there. And so it'll be a really good cross country race, um, provided hopefully the weather's uh, good. But, you know, mid-Atlantic weather can sometimes be a little uh, off. So you be, I've been telling her, it's like either going to be perfect or it's going to be terrible. <laughs> One of the two it's not nothing in between so um but yeah so she's oh, an so awesome exciting. racer and uh excited to have her part of the team nice um and so i assume like you don't have like brand affiliations like when you have new athletes come on like they can be sponsored by anybody yep they can be sponsored by anybody and so yeah that's something that's that's really exciting right and um it's something that i've definitely enjoyed but you know in the future if, if that changes right we'll we'll see i've um if, if the right brand comes my way, I'll definitely be interested in partnering with sure. them. Right. Um, I'm definitely, um, pretty selective on who I want to work with, uh, just cause that's like the wrong, the wrong brand. Or like, if we just have like conflicts of like, uh, on our like idea of what things might look like, it just won't work. And so that's, that's totally fine. Right. Um, I want to make sure I'm my number one thing, like I said before, is is coaching, and that's <laughs> you know that's that's my main mm -hmm. priority here is just making sure that I'm like giving the best to my athletes and making sure they're set up as 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 well as possible. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that race because now I'm like I should definitely try to go to that race. I I think Richmond's like two hours from me. It's it's sweet. I'm excited to. I've never been to. I don't think, yeah, I've never been to Richmond, even though I don't I think just, I have either. So I've heard they've been, I'm excited to see the city at least a little bit. Um, but yeah, it should be, I'm excited. There's some really good, um, entrance in there. So, uh, I'm excited. It's going to be, it's definitely a hard team to make, but I'm hopefully, uh, we'll see Jessa make it and that'd be, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. Uh, all right. So we've probably asked you these before since you've been on the podcast, but we'll wrap up with same end of podcast questions because Perfect. your answers, you know, it's been two years or has it been yes. three years? It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Really about three. Uh, what's something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet? I would, I'll say this. I would like to run a marathon at some point. I, it's definitely not yeah. going to happen in 2023, but maybe, maybe afterwards, I'll definitely say, I'd like to, I'd like to run a marathon at some point so I can actually talk about it from a personal perspective. Um, though I do think I understand what goes on. I'd, I'd like to, uh, yeah, get into that. That'd be fun. <laughs> what happens if you rip off like a 210 and you're like, oh shoot, now I got to really like... I'm a go after this thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I rip <laughs> off a 210, then that's, that's great, but... Yeah, I uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. If I you don't think that's what it'll look like. If yeah, if I yeah, if I break three hours, I would be I'd be very happy. So we'll we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's I also saying. have to put the time into the training, and that's that's something I don't have a ton of right now. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like coming from your background, like running a two fifty, if you trained on like forty miles a week, you could do yeah. that. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll, I, it's yeah, we'll, we'll see. There's a lot of, I see it's, it's balance is what I need. Cause I, I know what yeah. it takes to be uh, like a professional marathoner. Right. And so, and I used to run, I got up to like 120 miles a week when I was in college. And so <laughs> um, it's easy to see and be like, all right, I can only do 120 or less or like hundred to 120 yeah. in order to be good. And yeah, realize that I can do it at like 30 to 40 because it's, that is also a, a successful range for running a, a marathon. So it's just, it's totally. switching perspective a little bit for myself. For sure. <laughs> uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, um, I just finished Eat a Peach by David Chang. I'm actually rereading it right back to back. Excellent book. I, yeah. Wow. Super, super good book. Um, yeah, I've been, I really enjoyed it. And I also really like, like I'm, I like cooking quite a bit. And so like Anthony Bourdain's uh, Kitchen Confidential, everybody, a lot of people know about that one. That's a really good one. But yeah, um, his his book is excellent. Okay. I, I don't know that I've ever talked to someone that read a book back to back. And oftentimes I, like I'm reading Bono's book right now and like I'm about to finish it. And I'm like, I feel like I do some of these things I do want to read again because sometimes I read books so fast just so I can finish it because I have another one that I'm excited about. So that's interesting. You're rereading. 
Yeah, I just, there was so much, like, there's so much to digest in the book, um, to be honest with you. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to re, like, listen to it and kind of pick up new tidbits and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. I also have to confess, I don't actually read the book. I use, uh, like, Audible. So it's a little easier. Um, and so I can just kind of put it on whenever. But yeah, that's that's been something. I've been going back through my Audible account and kind of looking through uh, like um, the different books I've been reading and stuff like that. So yeah, Kitchen Confidentials also like rereading some of those chapters or re-listening to some of those chapters. So it's interesting if you were to read physically a book and then go back. Like if I were to go back and do the Bono book on Audible, like mm-hmm. I'm interested to know like what I would catch that I didn't catch when I was reading it. Like when you actually like hear it spoken, especially if it's the like he reads the book yeah that's not a bad idea yeah and that's and that's what I really enjoy I really enjoy when the author actually reads the book um same that I just yeah especially with authors who I enjoy like listening to and stuff like that I feel like or like an Anthony Bourdain where (laughs) watched a lot of his tv shows of course and so it was it was nice to hear him narrate it you know totally um all right well what's your last message to leave with our audience today I would say as like going back to what I already said, which is with running is like, have fun and keep consistency. And like, if I feel like if you follow those two things, it will like running will be very enjoyable and you'll have a lot of success in it. I would say. So good. Thank you, John Green. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, John, for coming on the show. Y'all go check out John's coaching group, verdetrackclub.com. You got to check it out. And thank you, thank you, thank you to VDOT for supporting this podcast series. What a great program. I've been using VDOT for several years. I can't recommend it enough. Visit vdot02.com to learn more. If you're a coach, you can get a 30-day free trial. And of course, you can schedule to talk to me about it if you have any questions. Lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. And if you want to check out their adaptive trainer as an athlete, I highly recommend checking it out. That can really, really provide you with some great resources and guidance in your training. Um, You can go to v.02.com and select the adaptive trainer to get the support that you need and just use that code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for 20% off. All right, friends, next week on the coaching series, we've got a great episode coming up with Ryan Hall that I am really excited about. It's always so fun talking to Ryan, and I really hope that you'll enjoy that conversation as well. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, we will see you, you know, both Friday and next week for the coaching series. We've got two episodes a week happening for six weeks, so really excited about that. Uh, Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.